This episode was recorded on January 17th, 2021. Our topic for today, Ant Group. All right, Johnny, let's start with news of the week. So, Johnny, our 2020 person of the year became then not, it is in locked, heated battle with one of his other finalists for person of the year, except this time they're competing for who's the richest person. His best friend. Oh, yeah. Jeff, who? Last week, Elon Musk became the number one around 90 billion, 190 billion. Um, and then he this week he lost 14 billion. Now he's number two. So just a little bit of back and forth. Yeah, so the current numbers stand as Jeff Bezos, 181.5 billion. Elon Musk, 179.2 billion. I mean, I'm still just going to say that Jeff Bezos what's, is. You know, what's 2 billion between friends, really? Set him back. Yeah. So, John, let me, I mean, ask, let me ask this question. I didn't realize it's, it's, uh, it's our no. It's a no Bill Gates and Mark Zuckerberg. Warren Buffett's all the way at six now. Yeah. Traditional investing just can't keep up with hype technology. No, no. Hype technology during a pandemic. Would you argue that Elon is is the person in this top 10? His wealth is more dependent on him versus the wealth dependent on what they did or what they created. Yeah. So that's Tesla. But speaking of the future, Johnny, so the consumer electronics, what does the S stand for? Showcase. There we go. The consumer electronics showcase, CES 2021, still happened. Any, uh, ad- what? Rem- <laughs> yeah, remotely. remotely. Yes, remotely. Uh, any, uh, any notable things? So, Michael, we're going to graduate from foldable phones, which mm-hmm. we never adopted, to rollable phones. How that feels like it would be harder to fit in my pocket it just rolls in and rolls out according to the video i watched it's from lg they're also uh gonna put a bet a tv at the edge of your bed that comes in and out because that's exactly what you need more screens in your life michael um and then nvidia graphic cards was, are coming I to laptops. lg i thought it was lg tvs are though i thought it was uh lg though was making the tvs that come out of your bed because they're the clear transparent screens that make no sense Yes. I don't know why you need that, but it's like, yes, I want a window and a screen. Why? So that neither works exactly the way it should. Yeah. Compromise. You get everything you want. A little bit of everything. And note that they're not touch screens. No, they're not. They're, they're like screen screens. Um, yes. The other one was so I get a window project. and a, I get a window and a screen and neither are exactly what they should be. And no, I think people have just been playing too much Cyberpunk 2077. Yeah, well, talk, talking about Cyberpunk 2077 zone is Razer's project. Hazel. Hazel? Yeah. Yes, this really interesting looking mask. So you, you'll be able to looks see right, when people are talking. Looks straight out of a rave. <laughs> it's a high-tech mask. That's a high-tech rave mask is what you're telling me. But what do they know about how long the pandemic is going to last that we don't know, that they've decided that this is a good business decision to start making these? 
Je ne sais pas. Well, I, I guess. I don't know. They're like, after the pandemic, it'll be actually the post dystopic world of Cyberpunk 2077. Absolutely. If I were to wear this mask into Whole Foods, they probably wouldn't let me in because they wouldn't recognize what this is and wouldn't think that's safe. <laughs> well, Michael, here's something that you don't have to walk into Whole Foods and, and uh, fear getting judged by. LG has an Insta Not view judged. refrigerator. Let in, let in, Johnny. Let in. <laughs> okay, fine. Well, this one at least you only have to let it into your house, and only uh-huh. the people you let into your house will judge you for this. But it's uh-huh. uh, LG's Insta view refrigerator. It's a new fridge with a glass door that opens via voice command and a water dispenser that uses UV light to sanitize your drink. Uh, it's Insta view because there's a view into your fridge. So without opening it, because it's, so it's a so it's a fridge with a glass door. Yes. What else does it have? Uh, that's it. We have glass door fridges at work, Johnny. Uh, maybe it's Alexa integration. I'm guessing it's Alexa, but that makes it worth upgrade. <laughs> this this price of this fridge is the down payment on houses. Not, you know, not unfortunately on the houses that I can get in this area, but it's a down payment on a house. Like average American houses? Not uh, San Francisco ridiculous priced houses? Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is, I read this and I was in disbelief. And I was like, really? This is is what you're showing off in the beginning of the year as innovative? Like, isn't this just, I don't know. Uh, what's, What's the word I'm looking for? Recycling, stupid. recycling previous ideas. Hey, you're lucky for stupid. <laughs> for stupid. All right, so we have seen the future and think it's a waste of money. So let's move on to our main topic for today, Johnny. Dun, 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 dun. All right, Johnny. So last week we talked about Alibaba, the combination PayPal, eBay, Amazon of China. And this week, we want to specifically talk about a company that spun out of Alibaba and has been in the news a lot recently uh, for many different reasons or all really around its, uh, its IPO or its currently failed IPO. That, of course, is Ant Group. It used to be called Ant Financial, which spun out of the larger Alibaba company. So, yes, for this week, we will talk specifically about Ant Group, talk about its history, and how it became an independent company. We'll talk about its keys to, uh, its keys to success and products, uh, more or less just so I could hear Johnny try to pronounce all of those particular products. And then we'll dive into the controversies that's happened around its IPO and what we think about that. And finally, we'll do a assessment just on Ant Group of rich tech or poor tech. All right, Johnny, so let's begin. So first, as your question, what is Ant Group? So let's go back last week to episode 51 and think about what we talked about in terms of Alibaba. And if you remember, we said it's Alibaba, yes, first started as this B2B uh, manufacturer to buyer relationship, but then also created Taobao, which is it's more consumer facing C2C side of things. It's eBay, if you will. And also what we talked about in China is the large unbanked population and the lack of usage of credit cards. So what environment did this create 
when Talbot was created in, again, a reminder, 2003. This created a situation where you needed some form of trust between buyer and seller in the consumer world because a bank and a credit card, which originally eBay depended on, would not be that intermediary because you had a large percent of the population that was not, uh, that did not have access to these particular resources. So what did Alibaba do? They created Alipay. Alipay was just essentially originally serving as an escrow for people to pay each other and to hold that money as a trust so that you actually received your items. What did that create? Well, that created a lot of people. And we see now in modern times, Venmo being the similar situation in the United States, we saw a lot of people running a balance on their Alipay accounts. So now there is value here on this account that you're using for money exchange. And that, and as we just mentioned, with a large unbanked, with a large uh, uncredit carded, if you will, or uncredited, there we will, population. Now we have spending potential in this app. And we have the ability to now use this for other purposes. And that thusly is why Alipay became such a large consumer payments system. And we'll talk about this. We'll talk about this when we dive more into fintech. But I actually believe that this particular model of e-commerce over to creating a payments platform is quite a playbook that developing nations can uh, can utilize for themselves. So moving on to another historical, uh, another large piece of Ant's history, of course, was it used to be we mentioned a part of Alibaba. Then it spun off. In 2010, Alibaba Group actually announced that they were going to spin off Alipay. And this was incredibly controversial and went to court. And the reason why is not because there was a great challenge from the Chinese regulators, which we'll talk about that going on now, but because back then Yahoo still owned a significant stake in Alibaba. In Alibaba. And therefore, they were able to recognize that, hey, Alipay is a huge amount of the value of Alibaba because even in 2010, they could see that rise of digital payments. And then they're saying, okay, but if you spin this off, we no longer can gain the benefits from this uh, because we don't own any part of Alipay. So that actually went to court for over a year between Yahoo and Alibaba before finally Alibaba was able to settle it. They had already spun off Alipay without it. Uh, Yahoo couldn't stop them. But that's uh, but that was another piece of controversy, just even in the creation of itself as an independent company. So then it was Alipay up until 2014, in which at that point it controlled just about half of China's online payment market. And it rebranded itself into Ant Financial after it released its new, its new financial services. So it wasn't just a payment service anymore. And then all the way over in 2010, I believe, sorry, 2020, just last year, it finally rebranded itself from Ant Financial to Ant Group in order to kind of push away the idea that it's a bank or an investment uh, institution, which we'll talk about again under the IPO controversy. So that's a little bit of the history of Ant Financial and how it became an independent entity separate from Alibaba. Uh, Johnny, would you like to talk about both the products that Ant Group provides and how they've become so successful? Absolutely. So from Ant Group's website, this is what they 
mention as, I guess, their mission statement. We strive to enable all consumers and small businesses to have equal access to financial and other services through technology. From their IPO documents, uh, they, they organize their business into four categories, which gives you the high-level overview. Digital payments, which is Alipay. Credit, which is also part of Alipay, but we'll get into that. Uh, investment and insurance, right? So they're like the full the full package of fintech. But all right, breaking down their products, they have one, two, three, four, five, six. They have six different products. First one, Alipay, the one that started it all, the granddaddy. It's China's largest mobile payments business. It serves approximately 1.3 billion users worldwide with its global e-wallet partners. So second product is called UE Bao, which means leftover treasure. Uh, it's an online spare cash management platform. Money is put into mar money markets funds that are managed by a partner asset management company. It has over 600 million users that access the funds to make online and offline purchases anytime. All right, third product, Hua Bay. It is their consumer credit platform that supports consumers to buy now and pay later. Oh man, that is painful. So users enjoy up to 40 days of delayed repayments free of charge and, and 12 month installment services. Uh, it offers loans in small amounts to individual users. Uh, so its main use is for the consumption in daily life. The fourth product is Xiang Hu Bao. It is, uh, means mutual protection. It's, a mutu it's an online mutual aid platform. We definitely need more of those. It provides basic health plans to protect participants against a hundred kinds of critical illnesses. Uh, although all the, all the participants share the risk of critical illnesses and bear the related expenses collectively, while blockchain technology, Michael, blockchain technology is used to ensure claims are transparent. Look at this valid, this is the first, and this is the second instance of blockchain technology coming into this podcast. All right, but it's not a health insurance product. It just aims to complement other premium insurance offerings in the market that have a wider range and depth of coverage. The next product, my bank. It's one of the first private banks piloted in China. It's also the first online bank with no physical branches. It serves small and micro businesses and has developed a 310 lending model, which enables borrowers to complete loan applications online in three minutes, obtain approval in one second, and with zero human interaction. It was launched in 2015 and has since served over 29 million small and micro businesses, as well as individual entrepreneurs. And finally, we have Zima Credit. It's a private and independent credit assessment service built for commercial use. Users with higher Zima credit scores can enjoy benefits such as deposit waivers when renting a bike or staying at a hotel. And it has helped users waive more than 100 billion Chinese yuan of required deposits. So essentially, to wrap this up, Ant's Payments Network, uh, Alipay, is just a gateway and it, uh, which funnels small businesses and consumers into a broad financial ecosystem spanning lending, investing, and insurance services. So let's just talk a little bit about the money that Ant has to handle on a daily or over a year. Asset management. So its asset management group holds uh, what's it called? $173 billion. And it is China's largest proprietary money market fund. Lending. And this is credit and my bank and all this goes into that as well. $290 billion in consumer loans it, it planned to be issued in 2021. Online payments, as we mentioned before, $17 trillion 
and I it was processed in Alipay for the past 12 months. And insurance, 107 million people were insured under its healthcare and mutual aid healthcare plan. So Ant Group is a, it's a beast of a company. Is this the playbook that every other country that also has a rising economy and a rising tech scene and an unbanked population can copy and paste and be and be successful for themselves? I don't know about copy pasting, but I think they can use the blueprint and adopt it where they need to adopt it for their own specific circumstances. But yes, I, I generally uh, agree in that this is a good and obviously proven model of how you can uh, you know, build online trust and then from there use that as the foundation to set up all these different banking and financial services that these folks wouldn't traditionally be able to access, right? Circumstances that were true in China in the early 2000s when Taobao and Alipay became a thing are not dissimilar from let's say the circumstances in Kenya right now and Nigeria is a bit further ahead. Uh, not too different from those in Argentina, that those in Brazil. Absolutely. I mean, again, this has been a successful model up till now. Um, we'll, we're, we'll get into the controversies next, but it, it's obviously successful. No one can say this is not a successful model um, and it's been proven. So why not use it as a blueprint? Absolutely. Alrighty then. So that's how Ant was successful and how successful Ant is. No, it was so successful. It was on the verge of a record breaking yes. dual listing IPO and yes. it was estimated or it was worth $300 billion and it was going to raise over $30 billion. Yep. And it was going to be $43 billion on day one. Oh, 40, right, right. Yeah. Um, yeah so we have a timeline. Uh, do we want to start with that? Yeah, so let's let's go with this. Let's go with this. So we're talking, let's actually let's give the context. So back in last November, we talked about this in our show. Ant Financial was supposed to IPO. As Johnny just said, the world's largest IPO in all of history, the most money, the most hype, the most expectations, dual listing in Shanghai and Hong Kong stock markets. Everyone was excited about Ant. Private investors already put their money in on both investors, uh, I'm sorry, on both markets. And all of a sudden, it got taken off. All of a sudden, what was supposed to happen did not happen. So let's go down the let's go down the timeline and let's talk about the impact. So for months and months, if not over a few years now, especially under a more uh, fiscally conservative or careful, if you will, regime in China, there's been a lot of eyeballs and a lot of talk about new rules and regulations to financial holding companies. September 14th is when China issued some of those new rules. Let's get to one of the cruxes of the discussion that Ant Group has been having, namely that they're a tech company. But if you look at the, if you look at the P&E ratios, uh, the price to earnings ratios of a tech company versus a financial institution, they're very different. Financial institutions, there's only so much room and margin for growth because they have to have so much liquidity, which we'll talk about, um, in order to support that group growth. So we just mentioned this. They were going to be the biggest IPO. 
period. But that also was because they're gonna be the biggest tech IPO, period. Why is that so significant? Because as we said, if you're a bank, your growth is gonna be severely limited. They then got a timeline in their head, right? It's like, okay, there's new regulations that are coming. That means we have a shortened now period of time to go IPO. Because the sooner you IPO as a tech company, you get those huge margins, right? You get that huge ratio. And then you're too big to fail effectively. So now there is a race, if you will, to get to IPO and versus a race to get to regulation. So what happens from there? Well, as we said, goes through October and price goes for IPO. That was still already, you know, initially initially allowed before the new regulations kicked in. Ant goes to Ant wants to go to IPO. Investors raise a whole bunch of money, and at the end of October, again, we're racing now, right? We're racing to mid early to mid November where this IPO was supposed to happen. We're racing, and in late October, Beijing or you know the Chinese government says, "Hey." Um, we're concerned, officially, they make a declaration, we're concerned about large fintech companies like this. We think you guys are a bank. We are, we need, I think we need to revisit this. We need more regulation. And on the 3rd of November, again, we're supposed to have an IPO at this point. Uh, the Shanghai Exchange suspended as the regulatory talks are believed to have a significant, and I believe the words were material change onto the financials event. And of course, why wouldn't they? Because as we mentioned, if you now need to have more cash to support these particular, uh, these loans you're giving out, then, or these loans you're partnering with, not even giving out, then one, uh, your growth is gonna be more limited because now for every loan you give out, you need to go put in more cash. And second, how are you going to get this cash? Does Alibaba need to put in more money in order for you to IPO? Does, do you need to raise more money for this IPO? You know, how are you going to get this? That's a material change to the financial documents and your projections before an IPO. So Johnny, I have a few questions for you on this one. I think I got a main question for you on this one, which is what side are we on? How do we feel about this? Let's look at it two ways, right? So right now we're looking at from the regulars, regulators perspective, right? right? And what the regulators, not just in China, but across the world, what they see is if banks are unchecked, terrible, terrible things happen to the world. Yep, it's been, and it's been proven time and time again. Mm-hmm. And so in this case, it doesn't even have to be banks. Now you have um, uh, tech companies. Right. From the tech side of things, this banking institution is outdated. It was made before the internet. It was made before this idea, this limited, this limited liability exchange concept of banking has gone back to the British empire is way older than any of the modern systems. And if we look at Jack Ma and what he ultimately wants to do, he says, no, forget all of these different, very fallible, very broken system, algorithms, computers, we're going to replace it all with that. Uh, all with that. Yeah. So you can, you can definitely see the alert, right? Hey, you want to loan 
um, I've reduced all this red tape, all this back and forth of give me this document. You have to meet this person. I need to bring up collateral. I don't know. It takes weeks, months, what have you to in seconds, you click this, and, click and, that. And I as we've seen banks, and as we know, and, banks themselves have a lot of institutional biases, not saying algorithms right. don't, but a lot of institutional but, biases that at least we know of banks. So, right, right. So I'll, I'll even take this even further. For example, you could bank with one bank. So of course they know, um, if you will, you know, what you're spending your money on, mm-hmm. what income you have, right? Cause you fill out that information. They see your, your direct deposits coming in, right? So they know your income level and your ability, what you're able to spend. And yet when you have to fill out, you know, as an example, a mortgage or any type of loan, you have to fill out all this additional information, right? Yep. You have to show up, there's applications to be filled out. You have to prove it. And especially if it's something much larger like a, a mortgage, you have to be able to I was about to say, you just got a house. 10, 20%. Yes, like, exactly. So that's what I'm speaking from, right? So it's, it's, it's a very involved process, right? So from the tech perspective, they're saying, hey, instead of you doing all of this, why don't we just make it super easy for you? A few clicks. You don't need to provide us any additional information because we already have your information. You are on our platform. We know how you behave. I don't think I, I can pick a side on this one. So you see the validity of the concerns from both sides. That's what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Both sides have valid points and they need right. to somehow meet in the middle, which is where right. Johnny and Michael are. Right. But I would say this, which is, I'm not sure I would see the validity of both sides if not for 2008. Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, okay. Let's say this. If you, if 2008 didn't happen or, or we, were, we were too young to remember it and when mm-hmm. we weren't affected by it at all. Would we be on the side of tech and say, these guys are just putting up all the red tape, really unnecessary. Right. People are mm-hmm. people need to make their living and they need to be able to get the loans that they need to conduct their businesses, especially mm-hmm. in the context of micro loans, right? Like that is, right. there's been an innovation. Yeah, yeah. Like, small and medium yeah, businesses are exactly. on, do not have access to banks through all the red tape that now banks have created for them. And we are giving people the ability to fundamentally change their lives for the better and change their children's lives for the better. And some fat cats in Washington, Beijing, London, you know, wherever government you want, Munich, whatever government you want to say, uh, are holding that back. Yep, I agree. I agree. But because right, so we that, lived through 2008, exactly, the government's uh, validity and say, well, maybe they might have slightly points here. Well, how do we meet in the middle? Exactly. It's like, how, how do these companies meet in the middle? And I think the world will be watching how Ant handles this and how the Chinese right. government handles this. If the Chinese government does something to really hurt, you know, Alibaba or Tencent or any of these companies, because they're now looking at all of them in general and trying to, to rein them in a bit, they have a lot, right? A big part of, of, of the reason these companies have gone so large is because it helps the Chinese government and the narrative of a growing China, a prosperous China, right? Look at all these mm-hmm. people that have become successful. Look at these successful businesses that we are able to export and we're able to invest um, internationally and so on and so forth, right? So it is really part of the government's goal to have this image of successful tech companies and prosperousness and all that. So mm-hmm. They will definitely hurt themselves if they hurt these companies, right? They're mm-hmm. they're they're aligned in their fates, if you will, in that sense, right? It's an inflection. Um, I would say it's an inflection so point, right? Because 
Because right. I would say that this was also true of you need uh, of America had strong reliances on the standard oils, on the Carnegie steels, or which eventually became U.S. steel, on the General Electrics. I'm not sure if General Electric counted as one of these, but right, it had really strong reliances at the turn of the century on these sure. monopolies. Sure. And America chose one path. Right? We broke up the monopolies and we've been trust busting ever since. And during the turn of the century, during the turn of this century, right, we went after Microsoft because it's the new monopoly uh, industry. Uh -huh. It's not oil and physical but goods, now it's tech. Right. So but, but this, could be, this, could be, it's, this could be China's inflection point in terms sure. of how do they treat the mega corporations that they have now cultivated from their economic policies and what does that mean for them moving forward? All right. Rich tech or poor tech? All right. Yes, finally. Is Rich tech time? or poor tech. It's that mm. time of the show where we take the company that we were talking about, engage on a few vectors, whether or not we believe the company is net rich or net poor from a value generation standpoint. So let's go neutral. to, all right. I don't think we've ever had a net neutral. We have to take a side. We're not allowed to be neutral. We're not Sweden here. All right, employees. All right, so yes, first pillar of employees. What type of labor does Ant Group depend on, Johnny? White collar labor. Right. Products, uh, product managers, software engineers, designers, everything it takes to a lot run. Of lawyers and contractors and bankers. A lot of lawyers and contractors. Sorry, a lot of lawyers and people that write up contracts. Um. Right. Uh, AKA people that charge a lot per hour. So, yes. So, okay. Uh, how much unpaid labor that we know of? Um, no, I don't see any unpaid labor. Yeah. We should really change it someday to underpaid labor as well. All right. So no manual labor, no unpaid labor. How about wages and benefits? There's an ant there, by the way, there's an ant group, or rather, there's an ant group office, you know, right on 101. Oh, is there? Okay, cool. So there's also a SoftBank. Oh, so it's a heart of Silicon Valley. So they must pay really well. <laughs> this is true. This is true. They get that real estate. Hey, they, they must pay pretty well. Um, no, I, I would say wages and benefits are pretty good. I know there's been controversies around tech employee employment, the 996 and all of that. But mm -hmm. I mean, I, I did. I'd wager that they're compensated very, very well. Yep. And employees have upwards mobility. We've seen it. We talked about this with Alibaba. Yes. Correct. All right. So from an employee standpoint, rich tech. All right. Let's go to customers. How green is green? All right. Yes. Yeah. Let's go to a customer. As a customer, can I gain wealth from it? Well, I could take a loan from it. What's um, gaining wealth? This is this is true. It is gaining. It might not wealth. be the kind of. It's not the kind gaining, of wealth you want to keep, but it's gaining value. It's gaining wealth. Yes. And using that wealth, I are uh, using that value. I use it for the purposes of acquiring something that gives me more wealth. Uh, not necessarily houses in China, because people still try to pay for those in cash. Uh, it's not in cash, but in one go. But yeah, certainly the point of taking loans and the point of paying people. And we didn't mention Alipay last time, so now we get to mention it full sell here, is yeah, the point of me as a small business either taking a loan or me as a small business just allowing you to use 
uh, Alipay to pay me is a big deal. I remember going to China and even like small street side shops, I couldn't use currency anymore. Had to use Alipay or WeChat Pay. So certainly as a consumer, it's a wealth generating system. Absolutely, absolutely. All right, finally, uh, not finally, sorry, next, let's go to shareholders. So shareholders, historically, what industry is Ali Group or Ali Pay and Ant Group? There we go, replace it. So there's a few right. sides. They're not a, so actually here's the, are they, they're not a bank. <laughs> How are they not a bank? They're not a bank. Right? That's what they're trying to say, right? They're, they're trying to say they're not a bank. No, you're right. They didn't, they didn't replace a bank. Because mm -hmm. when you do e-commerce or when you do commerce, you have to pay with most, okay, most society here. Was it cash before? I imagine it was, it was cash before. before. So let's, 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 let's break this down. Let's break this down into their products so that use cash. Right? No, no, no. Let's break this down into the products that you so, uh, so greatly broke them down to. Alipay. What is that? Cash. Right, that's yeah, essentially currency cash. exchange that they replaced. Yes. All right, okay. Now so let's go into hand their, to hand. Yes. Now let's go Need to it. their investment side of things. Um, their Acorn equivalent, their credit platforms, their mutual aid platforms slash insurance platforms, their banking mm -hmm. platforms. Those are banking services, but they're not a bank. No, no, true. Uh, what they originated with was they didn't replace banking, but they're definitely, they're, they later, I would say this, what they started with was not banking, right? It mm -hmm. was, um, hey, I need to build trust. But I mean, what is escrow? But no, no, escrow, what I mean that, by that is, hold on, but they're not a bank. I think that the key of what, the key well, of what their entire crux of this uh, whole monopoly case or this whole regulations case is the, that they're not a bank. Okay, this is what I'm trying to say. They didn't start off as a bank, mm -hmm. but the stuff that they later expanded to is exactly what you use banks for. But but well, hold on, but hold on. We no. we talked about this. What do they replace? They are not a bank, uh, to their own words. They're not regulated like a bank. They're not treated. They're just a middleman. They're the middleman. They're a loan writer. They're an underwriter. They're a. They're a loan Actually, no, they're not it, even right? that. No, no, they're not even that because the bank is. Yeah, okay, but like, so they're a tax. They're a tax on using bank service. Uh, they sit, are they? Because they sit, you know, but they, they also enable you the, to use the bank service. Yeah, but I mean, like, I mean, I pay taxes so I can use the road. <laughs> no, 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 no. You know, you know, that's not the same. No, no, that's not the same at all. Your taxes, first of all, don't go into, don't go into private banks, Johnny. If the bank was not available to you and all there was was all they paid to get you to that bank and get that loan that you can otherwise get, that's different than being a bank. That's also different but than being a tax. Man. They're, they're yeah, middle, middle people. It's funny because most places are trying to reduce the friction and get rid of the middleman. Well, uh, they are. In, 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 no, no, hold on. In, in finance, like Square is like that, like we covered. They're actually creating the middleman. They're becoming the middleman themselves. What are they? They're financial middlemen. Uh, what does that make them as an industry? You're in between a service that has had some efficiencies. And by your existence of being there, you've improved the efficiency of that service and product and been able to scale it. 
I don't think this one is. I think this is a neutral on this one. With the regulations that are being put in place with it, I would say it's neutral heading towards negative. I mean, what the regulations that are being put in place, it may be neutral heading towards positive because they just might become a financial institution. Anyways, okay, so we're going to go neither rich nor poor for the industry. So contributions to society. I think this one's rich. Because Who does it generate I- wealth for directly, though? Dun, dun, dun. Banks, strangely enough. but <laughs> So it makes the rich richer. I mean, yes. This, this it's is concentrating we- further money. Well, hold on, hold on. This is that weird part, right? So By take out employees, people. take out employees. But if you look at customers, if you look at contribution society, it acts as a bank, but is not a bank. That is the, right? That is the real hypocrisy. key. No, not even, no, the word hypocrisy is not right here, but it's not saying it's a bank or not saying it's not a bank, but it's saying it's not a bank specifically, but it acts to the world. I perceive the value I get out of it like I would a bank, but it is not one. And that is the key distinction of why the industry is not rich because it's not a bank, but the customer impact and the contribution society is rich because it's acting as a bank or not acting as a bank. Sorry. It's my interface with it is exactly the same as it would be with a bank. This is reminds me of like duck typing and programming. If it acts like a duck and it quacks like a duck, it's a duck. Then the government should regulate it like a duck. This <laughs> is, is what. Well, there you go. Is. That's exactly what the the Chinese government is Th- doing. There we go. By that, by that very simple definition, if it acts like a duck and quacks like a duck, we should regulate it like a bank. Yes. Yes. There you go. That's that's a quote of the the, the episode. Mm-hmm. All right. So, uh, ra- ra- summarizing this, employees. All right. So, rich. Summarizing employee, rich customers, customers, rich, wealthy. Yeah. Shareholders slash sorry industry. Neutral. Push, neither. Contribution Push. to society, rich. So three fourth. Three four. Three out of four. Eh, okay. Unless you want to make a strong case that the industry should be poor. You're, 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 regardless, you're barely making it. You're like right above. You're barely making it. Yeah, you're 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 mostly rich at this point. Alrighty then. So let's. So our final verdict for our ant group. Rich Tech. All right. So with that all being said, thank you for a wonderful year listening to us on the Silicon Trail podcast. We'll be back next week. Until then, thank you so much for listening and stay safe out there.